Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio. And we are happy to know that uh, this this broadcast, this live stream outreach, is not quarantined. Um, I'm grateful that um, this is going to be working today. There's no power outage. There's no internet outage. And um, as soon as you can verify that um, you're hearing us, it'll make us all feel a whole lot better. But, um, you know, after Pastor Larry's Voices broadcast from many days ago, I always feel like I need to tell him what's in my cup. In my cup today is some Earl Grey tea from the High and Holy Youth Room. And um, I'm even using one of the white styrofoam cups just to go old school on everybody. I don't know what Monica has in her cup over there, but hers is a much more opulent cup than mine. <laughs> it's a stainless steel Yeti. What, what, what do you have, Mocha? No. It's just Nespresso coffee. Ooh. Yeah. So, have we heard from anybody? or <laughs> You've entered a world where you don't know whether you're broadcasting to anybody. Welcome to the Nematicos Zone. Well, you know, I, uh, I just want to... I'll give some thanks to the Lord. He's hearing us, so I want to thank the Lord for his health and his protection upon all of us. I want to thank him for his blood that is so powerfully upon and within us. And I want to thank him for providing for us and watching over us and... um, just uh, want to give praise to the Lord for what is coming, for what he's doing today, and for what he desires to do, and um, that's, a, that's a blessing to be able to do that. Have you heard from anybody? Well, why don't you tell us a word, and I'll reach out and find out if anybody's listening. They may be listening, wondering where we are. Ruby, are you out there? Are you listening? If so, can you give us a word? (laughs) I feel like this is a (laughs) Holy Ghost seance. Is anyone there? Can you hear us? (laughs) Rap once, if you do. (laughs) We bind that in Jesus' name. I'm just playing. I think that's a bunch of foolishness. But... um, Usually by now I would have heard from somebody saying, where are you? Yeah. Well, we need somebody to tell us they hear us. So if you're hearing us, please reach out to call us at Junior Sample, BR549. Let us know whether you can hear us or not. I always say I should test this out before. Just to make sure before we get live. But so we're praying beforehand. So my mind doesn't need another thing to interact with uh, when I'm supposed to be waiting on the Lord. You can hear us. Isn't that glorious? How wonderful is that? So who, who told us we can hear us? One guess. Annette. Thank you, Annette. <laughs> Thank you, Annette. Thank you, Annette. We're very happy for you. We're very thankful for you. Everyone stand and worship. (laughs) And that would be considered worship? (laughs) Well, it used to be. We used to put, put, I'm too young to march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. Did you sing that at oh your grandpa's Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that song. But I'm in the Lord's God, army. thank you for delivering us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Wow. You know, I, I used to, after, after I became pastor, 
even though we weren't doing prophetic song because we didn't really know anything like that was possible, I searched for choruses. I mean, I, I had my friend out at Jack Hayford's church, uh, Tom McDonald, send us their worship services on cassette. And I would listen, and I'd say, Tom, do you have any... Do you have any choruses, any new choruses? Can you? And then he'd send them, and then I'd say, our musicians are not able to just play by ear. Can you send us the sheet music? So he would send, he would fax me the sheet music. And man, there was this guy, what was his name? David, um, he was at a church in the mid-cities, and we had this radio broadcast I did every Sunday morning. It wasn't very long, but it was between Billy Graham and Revival Time. But this guy was on, Kurt, Kurt somebody. Kurt somebody. Oh, Abby somebody. <laughs> and he would do, he would do a, a worship set uh, on Sundays. And he would do a bunch of new choruses, and I would listen to those. So even then, my heart was to, to break out of just the stale environment that we had had as churches in uh, in worship or or praise of course praise was the fast songs worship was the slow songs back then and um man oh man we said we said did some some dillies of course when i was on staff here there were some songs that were verboten. I mean, the pastor here wouldn't let people sing I'll Fly Away. <laughs> now, in the South, that was that was almost like spitting on Robert E. Lee's statue, you know? Uh, I'll Fly Away. Couldn't sing it. The Kevin Prosh thing? No. Some glad morning when this life is over, oh. I'll fly away he must in not the have morning read psalm 55 or had any kind oh. of experience it can i play something for you this was i saw this yesterday it was really powerful it's not a song but yeah um, let me see if i can play it so that people can hear it and god said no i'm not going to tell you Habakkuk, because if i told you what i was doing you wouldn't believe it. if god today told us what he's doing in the world we wouldn't believe it you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. And Lord, please tell me what you're doing. That's great. Isn't that great? Lord, please tell me what you're doing. <laughs> Every now and then he'd get fired up. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. Oh I love that southern accent. <laughs> God rest his soul. That's great. That was probably 40 years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, because he was a young one then. Yeah. And I saw that yesterday, and I listened to it, and I got saved a few times. <laughs> yeah, I that, went to the altar. That's a fiery message. Yeah. Well, anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your. Oh, it's all right. I was just song. I was just filibustering, trying to get the, you know, to clear off the, clear the lily pods off the water so we could start drinking. Um. Man, oh man. We've come a long way. Thanks be to God. And we've got a long way to go. And as Jerry Reed said in hymn number 145, a short time to get there. We're eastbound. Watch old bandit run. So, uh, you know, sometimes I'll say something about one of those, either a rock song or something like that, and I'll say it's in the hymnal. And <laughs> Some people just sit there. Like they have no idea what the song was, and they think I'm just telling, I'm I'm telling it as it is. People should know you by now. Yeah. They should know that you joke like that. Well. But. Well, anyway, um, we've had some excitement here yesterday. 
I went into the youth room. I was going around as I've done and walked through the facility just to check things out and pray. And I heard the pitter-patter of little feet up in the, in the, uh, in the ceiling. And uh, supposedly now there are some squirrels that have gotten into the youth room. Oh, no. I hope they're... So we've got a call into uh, a wildlife expert who can plug the holes. And um, they must have heard there were a bunch of nuts here just a few weeks ago, and they've come to look for them. Too bad Ruby's not in the house. Well, Ruby, we Ruby came. Ruby came. Oh, she did. She yeah. said, told me she was coming on Sunday. But I guess she came yesterday. Well, she came to meet the pest control guy who... We had an ant infestation in the, uh, in the Peace Chapel. Well, well, Sunday I was um, watering my plants, and I went to pick up a little plant in the back in the green room to water it. And when I went to pick it up, this green, this like vivid green lizard about this long jumped out and jumped up on the lamp that was right next to the plant. And I screamed and jumped back like five feet because it just startled me. And it just sat there on the lamp. Looking at you. Yeah. His head kind of cocked. But we got him outside. But a couple of nights ago, I was walking Shadow, just her alone. And I was coming up the alley, and it was almost dark outside. And I usually take her off the leash when I get in the alley because she romps around and whatever. And she gets up close to the house, and I'm behind. You know, I'm far, I'm I'm lagging behind a little bit. And all of a sudden, she just goes berserk, and she starts barking and just like, barreling down and just like she's going to attack something and I thought what is that and when I got close enough it was a possum it must have been a hundred pound possum wow it was the biggest possum it was like this big maybe just because I've never been that close to one it was gigantic and it was like paralyzed with its mouth like wide open and its sharp pointy teeth and it was like in this hiss it was like hissing at her and she's like barreling down about to bite it i mean, about to attack it and i'm yelling at her going shadow shadow try and usually she's real obedient and she'll like respond she would not respond and i was so afraid she was gonna she was gonna jump out and bite that thing and it was gonna bite her yeah it was it was in fact noah was in the house but the screen door was open he heard me he heard her and he heard me yelling he comes running outside what is happening what is happening i mean it was it was frightening so what happened Tune in again next week to find out. <laughs> I got her away. I pulled on her collar, got her away, and the the possum, possum, it went and it went underneath the gate with the neighbors across the, across the driveway. I probably should have given a forewarning that there's a giant possum in their backyard, but it was not a. It was it was just kind of weird. Those things are kind of out and about right now. I saw a couple of them squished on the on Garland Road today that's always kind of sad or when they get in the middle of the street and then they just stop <laughs> and they're just like because they do they stop and they freeze i guess that's their they play possum yeah and you don't know do i just wait or do i go around them or what but they're they're just very unique yeah anyway. sometimes they get those those critters get um they're prone to brain issues and um one time I was driving the twins to Luby's a few years ago, and we saw a possum run across the road. I said, look, girls, there's a possum. What? There's a possum. Look, it's going up in, that, in the grass of that, neighbor, of that person's house. And I stopped and rolled down the windows, and they're in their car seats looking out, and that thing stood, almost stood up and went. That's how this one did. But and it I had its thought, mouth like wide open. I thought, you crazy thing. It was, it was, it was a little frightening. Well, gee whiz. But you know what? It's it's just these are just some very unique days. Yeah. They're very very unique, and I'm just glad I'm a saint. And I know this is such stimulating conversation for whoever's listening. Yeah. Uh, well, um, we want to thank all of you for praying this past weekend on first Saturday. It was a it was an interesting time being uh, in our personal altars. You know, this morning I got up um, like five or so, and I went in. I prayed. I prayed for a little while, and then I went into the front room where 
I'm kind of building a little altar before the Lord. And um, I was talking to the Father about what he wanted there. And um, I hope you're, I hope you're really developing, not, I'm just telling them here, a place of prayer. We've been talking about that, but it's, it's not just for this season. It's not an emergency uh, measure. It is a, it is an expansive measure. And, um, you know, from here on, you're going to, you're going to have encounters in your home beyond what you've what you've known and you need to know that this is one of the blessings that God is giving in this season and um, I'm I'm just looking forward to what God has in mind and um, I encourage you to do that uh, just just an announcement uh, tomorrow night We'll have Wednesday night live. I intend to to do that teaching. In fact, I've all I've got it pretty much ready. It's very odd that the Lord would give it that early, but it's it's a word that we need. And so I'm praying that we'll have it up and at the ready on the various sites like we did last week. That's more convenient for everybody. And then sometime on Friday morning, I'll have uh, a brief word that we'll put up on the site and uh, I don't know what time that'll be up but it's Good Friday so really devote yourself to a personal measure of praying on that day and um, know that we're believing the Lord with you so those are just some announcements you know it's interesting that that it's just interesting just what's happening in the in our realm and how God is working through it and I know that each one of us could testify very powerfully about what God is doing just in our homes and and in us personally but also for us as the body because it's really caused me to extend myself in ways that I normally don't do or perhaps maybe that I haven't had the time to do and, and really, like every day I ask the Lord, you know, who do you want me to reach out to? And I really am trying to stay connected with so many people that he puts on my heart. But but not only that, just that we're, you know, we're separated from, well, not all of us, but for the most part, separated from from the fellowship of, of the body of the church. Like I haven't been with, with our local church body since before the seminar. Mm-hmm except for the remnant that the ministry team, whatever it is from week to week. And if I'm a part of that. And so, um, you know, we do stay connected through texting and, and whatnot, but through Facebook, but it's just interesting because, um, you know, the timeline, God's timeline is still in play. It's still in perfect play. And I was praying in the sanctuary before the radio broadcast as we normally do. And, I was asking the Lord why I feel this weightiness. I mean, I just have been feeling this, this weightiness, like this burden since Sunday. And, and, and part of it has been just a measure of warfare. But he just revealed to me, you know, Monica, think about what week this is. I mean, this is Passion Week. This is the week that leads up to Good Friday. And, and we are so connected with the Lord. We are so connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are so connected that it was such a, revela- <laughs> such a revelation to me that I'm feeling the gravity of what, what it represents. And, and, asking the, and it led me to ask the Lord to, for me to surrender in whatever ways so that I could embrace the cross once again. Um, for for whatever that means for this season ahead. And, you know, you kind of skip through and you frolic through and you do the business of the Lord and we live our lives. But the greatest reality and the most vivid reality is this reality that we have of walking with Him. And I know that this happened 2,000 years ago, and I know that, but nonetheless, in the spirit realm, in the timeline of God, 
the gravity of it and the purpose of it is just as alive today as it was then and for for wherever we are and for the cross and for what that means for us as saints and and what he has for us ahead and and so i just i would i would just say that to say you know if you're feeling that weightiness just lean into it and and know that you're leaning into him because you know we never did like as a body like follow passion week from day to day but we you know of course honor palm sunday we honor good friday and then of course resurrection sunday and but there's something about this week that is is very prophetic and i i believe that i'm feeling it like in a very raw kind of vulnerable place and so i don't know if anybody else is experiencing that but just not a chair yeah i mean there there's you know we we talked a lot about darkness and light over the past few months and um particularly in this year of wisdom you know i i know that one of the writings i did spoke quite a bit more about darkness and light and there's darkness that's trying to assert itself and um we are to be the light. And the, the reason I'm saying that is that in John, when the scripture says that Jesus came as the light and the darkness comprehended it not, the darkness could not overtake it, the darkness could not resist it, which implies that there is a measure where darkness, whether it's demonic or simply the beginning point of what you know this is this is intercession for eternity okay let's say 1500 years from now so that we can bypass the millennial reign and the enemy being loosed for a small season we're still going to have to intercede we're still going to have to press into the darkness that has not been rejuvenated yet uh, those possibilities that God wants to do that he has ordained in his seasons. So we're still going to have to, at best, know how to take his word and press into that darkness. And there is a developmental measure of, I don't want to say resistance, but it's like putting the plow in, you know, the, the dirt isn't resisting, but yet it has to be broken. And so um, so I think that the darkness that's here right now, part of it is that God has turned the page and our light in him is supposed to be turning this season into something that he has ordained. It's not been possible to this point because God has not revealed it yet. And so he's opened this measure. So that's part of what we're feeling. The other thing is is that the enemy is trying to take advantage of it too. I mean, whenever God says he's going to do something, the enemy tries to either block it or come in one way to convince people you know, there's no reason, nothing to see here. There's no reason to do anything. And, you know, whether it's an unclean spirit or just the enemy. See, unclean spirits are are indicative of a lot of things. One is, I think, first of all, they, um, they um, um, they, they were originally created, most of them, to facilitate and to, to, um, to augment what God's doing, to be skill and understanding or strength or vitality. So without that flow, they jump on what God is doing, and they also, somehow they get some gratification out of it, like the unclean spirits that came and proscuneoed before Jesus. I mean, there's that, and it's kind of like, you know, we, we can't do this anymore. We were created for this, and we just want to feel the emanation of this. The other thing is that I think the enemy has retooled the Council of Seven 
into trying to be like the Most High. So they try to take dominion. And um, so there's a strategy in that. I, I didn't mean to go off on this. But the main thing with where we are right now is that we need to do not just battle. We need to recognize what the enemy's trying to do, but we need to also use an eternal framework of pressing into God and letting the light break forth and asserting declaratively what God is wanting to do. And the other thing is then we need to be wary Nah, maybe that's not a good word. We need to be aware. We're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. So if you just go swinging swords and rebuking the enemy, you're going to miss your identity. And the best measure of warfare, your best positioning, is to be good overcomes evil, light triumphs over darkness. Yeah, you're going to have to resist the enemy, but that's not what brings the good. Bringing the good is you being the good, what God wants you to be. So I think part of what we're feeling right now is the awkwardness of this major epoch, this major shift in the timetable of God. And we need to draw near to him and stay close to him so that we can serve him in that. But then we also need to be aware of all the the enemy's shenanigans, which He's trying to do the things that we just said. You know, he's trying to take advantage. He's trying to assimilate. He's trying to glean what's there so he can try to twist it. He's also trying to convince you that God's abandoned you and that, you know, you don't need to be doing anything regarding the light. There is no light. You know, it's hopeless. And so, anyway, there you have it. But, you know, I know we corresponded a bit about the darkness and the attacks and the warring. Um, You know, I go back and forth between pressing into the Lord and knowing his goodness and being the light to trying to fend off the enemy. And, And then trying to deal with things that, how does the enemy come? Fear, just yuckiness, trying to it's it's just strategy but you're not going to be able to battle the enemy if you're not being you know anyway okay i've cranked your mic up so they just have an on they just have something that they copy that every couple of weeks they just push the button and say turn up that mic yeah it's a regular thing it's probably just my voice but Thanks, Haley. And you know me. I'm like Foghorn Leghorn. Boy, I say, boy, I'm just blasting into this. You're more settled. You're more demure, more laid back. I think a lot. I think just with regards to the warfare, I mean, we. how many times have we talked over the last couple of weeks about um, El Shaddai and about being positioned there, abiding under the shadow and... And how he's training and developing us for... He's a warrior. I mean, that that's a warrior dimension of the Lord. And our boot camp, our trainer, our mentor, whatever you want to call him, and our tutor. And so much of... Like when I start sensing the darkness, when I, the, the, the gross darkness. Because God is also in the darkness. So when I start sensing the pressure, whatever tribulation whatever it might be I'm, I'm really trying to to do as you say to lean into the Lord to say teach my hands to war because I don't want to go just flailing around trying to you know hit I, I just I, I want to be precise I guess is what I'm trying to say and at the same time be wise and not fall prey to To the way that we know this, you know, the strategy of the enemy, how he knows to press our buttons and to rise above that and to overcome that and to be, um, I don't know, just to be more strategic, more precise. And so much of that has to do with not reacting. 
and not allowing my soul you know i can't tell you how many times i've i've wanted to react to something recently because i mean we're all being pressed upon and and i just keep thinking no don't you know you've got to get in the right spirit (laughs) which is kind of a silly expression (laughs) but you don't want to react out of that because that's soulish and 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 i just i i really do feel the development of the lord in this area and I, I know, I mean, I've been saying this for three or four months, since the beginning of the year, I guess. And I'm very thankful for it, because I know, for one, I need it. I need to know how to war a good war. And so... Yeah, that's a good word. I mean, that's one of the things that this quarantine should be... It's one of the blessings, because normally the things that the enemy would try to provoke... Um, many of them are removed because we're stuck in our houses. But even that, I mean, you, I mean, they, I'm not even going to go there. Well, yeah, and you know, even things, even things just from the natural world. I mean, you got to watch that you're not, whose report are you believing? You know, are you listening to? Everybody and their brother on the internet and getting stoked up and in fear. Um, and, you know, there's frustrations. I mean, I mean oh. it, literally this morning I got up and I had to do some errands for my parents because they're shut in literally and they are totally dependent. So I got a call last night with a request. And so I thought the my only option is to get up and go first thing in the morning. So, of course, I get there. And I, they tell me I can't come in because I'm not 65. I can't come in until 9. Well, I'm sitting there at 7.45. And I'm, I'm thinking, but I'm here for my 85-year-old grandparents. Does that count? Nope. We're so sorry. And, you know, that kind of really ruffled my feathers. Like, but, okay. I, I respect the fact that they're giving this space for the elderly to be able to do their shopping. I know that's important. Um, but a time or two ago, that would have really kind of irritated me. Well, see, there's a blessing in that. In that? Because when I go during senior adult hours, they just let me walk right in. So, well, see, you're, you're, you're still looking young. So that's a <laughs> oh, blessing. Okay. See? Okay, yeah. yeah. You, you got carded. <laughs> they say, sir, let me, let me sanitize this cart for you. I say, okay, thank you so much, dear. <laughs> and then I walk in, <laughs> thinking, what am I doing with all these old people? And man, I must look ancient. They just didn't even <laughs> bat an eye. They let me walk right in. I'm going to give you my list oh, later. <laughs> man. I went to CVS this morning. I felt like I was in a gang of banditos. They were all wearing masks in there, and I'm zipping through, getting stuff for Katie again. So... um I'm sorry about that. Oh, it's it's no big deal. It's it's is my as my dad would say it's NBD. It's no big deal. Well, it's in the grand scheme of things that is a simple thing. But I know that my my carnal nature, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, it really would have kind of aggravated yeah. me because now okay, what do you do? You go back home, then you come back, and but that's it's just no big deal. Well, today, I spent about an hour on the phone waiting. Because, you know, they have this payroll protection plan for nonprofits. That's supposed to be a, a grant. So we put the application into Wells Fargo. Not the application. You, you sent the email in, and then they're supposed to respond. Well, Friday has come, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Still haven't heard anything. So I get on, get our account. I call California and the automated person. Please tell us what you're wanting, you know. And so you're going on, and you think I got to talk to somebody to make sure they got this because we have no idea they got it. I'm going to wrap this up here real quick. So finally, after about I don't know how long, I was on there dealing with this automated thing. And why did this automated person didn't say this before? Then they say, if you're calling to inquire about the payroll protection plan. Our live agents cannot help you. It is only online. We are sorry for the inconvenience. 
So I hang up and I think, well, why in the world 40 minutes ago didn't you just tell me right then? That same thing happened to me, Pastor, with another service. And I literally sat on hold for two hours and 34 minutes. Yeah. And finally I walked downstairs and the kids were sitting at the table and they said, you're still on hold? And I said, because I just went about my business and just kept, yeah. but it was the, the recording was driving me mad. And I was like, Mama, hang up. But why didn't they just tell me they don't have any service people? Why didn't you just tell me? Yeah. Instead of telling me a, a representative will be with you momentarily. They are helping other customers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's another one. You know, Wells Fargo here has closed their lobbies. So All the banks have, I think. The thing they have is drive through Yeah. So when I t- try to take the, the checks that our congregation has thankfully been sending in, I did last week, I waited at the drive through for 45 minutes. And so, just had that experience, too, because I talked to her on the phone while she was waiting. <laughs> well, yesterday I went, and the line was about a third longer. So I said, forget this. I am not waiting in this line. I'm just not doing it. I'm not going to do it. Can't you do it through, do you have a, you can't do it through the, the machine on the wall where you just put the checks in? Well... Do you have a debit card? Yeah, well, it's the church stuff, you know. If it was a personal thing, I would, but... And they just go straight in, and then they give you a receipt. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I may Is try it? that, but, you know, it's just... When people send you something, you want to make sure that... I don't want to try something new with somebody else's gift, even though I think what you're saying is correct, obviously. Well. Anyway, TMI. Okay, um, you know, it's, it's really kind of interesting because uh, I've been trying to do kind of like uh, interpretation things on my own, you know. I've been trying to, normally when I pray, I just come away with whatever God gives, and that's great. And I try to listen for what he wants to share about the scriptures, and that's wonderful. I love that. But, you know, we do five-folds regarding things. We give people assignments or we convene groups. But I never really did that on my own. You know, I never really said, okay, you know, I'm going to pray in the Spirit and I want to know about this. Because, again, I don't want from my perspective as to who I'm supposed to be, I don't want my mind to direct what I say for to put forth for the church or for the network. So I just kind of pray and then wait till I hear what God says and then I follow that. Be that as it may. I've been trying to do like a fivefold kind of a thing regarding what the Lord is doing right now and regarding what you know what is the sevenfold way the enemy is going to flee and so I'll pray in the spirit and I'll say Father show me a way a prosuke kind of a thing a supp- I'm going to put a demand on the supplication and I'm going to want to hear a prosuke that I'm supposed to prophetically declare and to believe for so I've been doing that, and, you know, I don't have it on a schedule or anything because, again, I'm doing other things as well. But it's been interesting, and I would encourage you to to put that grace and supplication and the prosuke into, into action for yourself. And so it's a way you don't have to wait till Monica sends something or your individual pastor says something and... You know, be be watchful for that, but um, but you need to be developing and honing these things on your own. That's part of what this being separated under the Lord is about. And um, and you know, you have to you have to stay you you have to stay frosty because you know even yesterday I was reading and and I was writing and. You know, did you do any arithmetic? Well, I did some ciphering. Oh, you did the banking, so that, that yeah, counts. I had to do that. 
That's good, though. Read and write and arithmetic. <laughs> but you can kind of get lazy because you're you're locked in. And you've got people there in the house with you. If you don't, I apologize. I don't want you to make you feel lonely. But, you know, you can't just go bellering out during the day. Um, it's cra- It's kind of crazy for me because... Literally by like seven o'clock in the evening, I'm exhausted. And and you know you think, goodness, this is. Some people I think have interpreted this as is a time of rest, and God is bringing us rest. And good goodness, I totally appreciate that. But I feel like I have been on overdrive. I feel like I've been more engaged, um, not than normal. But I feel like I have been equally as engaged as I normally am when things aren't the norm. And and I feel like I've been busier. I've got things on my to-do list, spiritual things, like yeah. for the network, for the church, for personal things. I want to finish my book. I mean, there's just a lot of things that are on my plate right now that literally I do. I mean, I, I have, I've been busy. And I know a lot of people are working, and so I just want to to commend you for that. I know it's been a really stressful time for people that are working, having to, to transition and, and work from home, and everything has changed. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's, it hasn't been lazy from my perspective. Um, I kind of wish it would be just for a day or so. But um, I know what you're saying, though. I mean, it would be really easy to do that we at my household I've got two 20 somethings there and, and they I listen I just want to tell you I am so proud of them because they have handled this like a champ because I told Noah the first day I don't want to hear one time I'm bored that that is the one thing I won't tolerate is I don't want to deal with your boredom so and I've been telling my kids that from the time they were little I'm not a mean mother I just wouldn't allow that because I just don't think there's any room for boredom because there's too many things there's too many things to to let to learn you know and anyway and they have just been just in engaged in so many different creative things and um having prayer times and doing worship times and cleaning out closets and and just they're just constantly what can we do and they'll, you know, give us a project. And it's been such a blessing. I mean, it, that part has been such a blessing. Well, that's great. Because I can't imagine, um, you know, having teen... Well, no, no, I'm not going to say that. Having to deal with what are we going to do today and having to entertain that. Um, anyway, I don't know why I went down that path. Yeah. Talking well, about being know, lazy. Being lazy. I didn't mean being lazy not doing anything. Oh, I I've meant, never seen you lazy. I mean being lazy in... Kicking back. No. It, see, when when I seek the Lord, I, I kind of... I have to get... I have an, a, an agenda. Not That's not a good word. Um... And it's, it's you know, there's usually something that I feel he's wanting and I press into it. And if you're just there in the same place, sometimes you can get involved writing or whatever. And, you know, at least I would come up here and, you know, kind of reset. Mm-hmm. But I'm not coming here every day. I'm trying to manage the mail. Well, well, I'm I'm rambling here. (laughs) I hear what you're saying. But, you know, you have to stir yourself, especially when there's other people around, to find that place to press in. Yeah. And that's what I mean by lazy. You can just kind of table it. And so don't do that. It's a discipline. I mean, it, it truly is a discipline. But walking with him is a discipline. You know what? I was thinking... And I'm seeing the clock pass by. We've got 15 minutes left. This is, this time has flown, and I think I've hurt. I've flown most of it. I was. I'm trying to seek the Lord about things that He wants us to to present during this time. And you know, not. I'm not going down this trail, but 
if you've not been following what the things that are up on Facebook, you need to because, you know, like Noah yesterday, that was a blessing. Just enjoy that. You'll see different people that you don't normally hear from and let that be a blessing. But I was thinking about, you know, you know I'm, I'm developing uh, an expanded chapter of that Thesaurus, Thesaurus book talking about where this is in heaven and the surroundings of it. And it just kind of started mushrooming and I started writing about the location of this place, what it looks like, how it corresponds with other things. And in the more the, I started doing it and I realized, okay, I probably need to do this just so that the intercessors of the saints can get their bearings. Early on, I didn't want to do that very much because people weren't really in a position where they could appreciate it. And it became, you know, where there's some that were just wanting to be entertained and not in our church, but people that would come in in the network, they just wanted to hear quirky things, you know. And so I didn't want to cast those pearls out there. So I'm writing this thing and you're aware of that. But yesterday I was sitting there and I was, all of a sudden I thought, you know, it might be a good thing to remember what you actually wrote in that book called Heaven. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to look at that when I go to the church tomorrow, get it out of the bookstore. And I looked down to my left and there was a copy of that laying under some papers. And I thought... At home? Yeah. How did that get there? I don't know why it was there. I don't even know why I would have had it because that was... And I looked at it and it was in 2004. That was a long time ago. And so I start thumbing through it and I thought, this is when we were first as a body being drawn up into heaven and I thought I'm going to have to give my congregation some kind of bearing as to what's going on so that's what motivated this and so I looked at it and I thought what did I write did I write anything about this place so I looked and I I was saying there's a connection between the temple most of it is about the throne and the temple of the tabernacle. But I said, in the tabernacle, there's a connection across over near where paradise is, and it's a chronos area where records are kept. And that's basically all I said. And I'm grateful because, you know, in the past 17 years now, the Lord has really given us a lot more through praying and seeking him. And I, I was looking through it, and I thought, oh, dear God, don't let me have said anything then that was off. And thankfully, it wasn't. <laughs> but anyway, the reason I'm saying this is, as I was working on this chapter, I thought, you know, during this time of everybody being... Uh, sheltering at home or whatever it is your state is doing I don't know whether maybe we should do kind of a uh, a seasonal offering where we talk about favorite places in heaven talk about it from a scriptural pr perspective because we're we're functioning more there now than we are and in any other place and, you know, we're going to be there full time before we know it. You know, I'm talking, I couldn't believe that seven, 16 years have passed, or really 17, since that book that I, I don't know why it was there, honestly. I, I have to believe maybe the Spirit did that. Because I didn't get it. I've not been writing anything about that. In fact, this whole thesaurus thing was about Tetheme. 
it wasn't let's talk about heaven it just kind of developed so I don't know I mean maybe maybe we do that maybe we and uh, you know it would help people to know what's going on up there as you're praying um, what is the functional part but see I think at this point for our saints um, I don't think anybody's in it just for the grins there were people early on that were and um, but you know I started writing yesterday about the sea of glass which is different than what even from Saturday because I thought you know it's there and as I started writing the Lord brought me back into a prayer time that I had I don't know how long ago where I was before the throne and I was looking out over this place and then even when we did the TTT activation during the seminar sitting on the footstool of the throne looking out that way I could see it and I thought the Lord brought this all back to mind and then the Spirit started saying well this is kind of what God wants to see this is kind of like his photo album because he's looking out over this area that has been created by suns being ignited by his lightning as lightning and it is, it is, um, it creates this what we would know on Earth as fulgurite, or in the nuclear, the nucleic gas glass, that wherever there's a ground zero of a nu- nuclear test, this grass glass like a crystal forms, and you know you you can look out over that and you see how the perspective of the throne and the thesaurus and on the other side the temple and there God looks out at where he ignites his sons and that creates this in heaven and it's kind of like a snapshot it's a testimony and I wonder if that's not why the enemy likes crystals because to him he knows that that sea of glass is a testament to the sons being empowered and it's something that God treasures and so the enemy uses these crystals to say, yeah, this is kind of for my sons. But it's just a weak imitation, which is what the enemy is. So anyway, we'll pray about that. Uh, you know, I, I don't. the only reason we do it is not to entertain people, but to help us to, to get our bearings on what's going on in heaven because that's where you are. And... Um, you need to know scripturally what the parameters are and you need to know that this is where your function is and even in Hebrews where that we come to our Mount Zion and you have that layout of you know Jesus the mediator of the New Testament the Diatheke and the spirits of just men made perfect and then the speaking, then the blood, the sprinkling of the blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. What does that mean? What, uh, what is the better things than that of Abel? Well, God was communing with Abel. God was on earth with Abel. But now, the blood, you're not only communing with God, which is wonderful. You're not only talking about the, uh, the earth. But that's the finality of that discussion in Hebrews about you being in heaven. The blood of Jesus makes it possible for you to minister in heaven and to do these things in the patterns of the heavens. So that's the better thing. That's the better thing. And, you know, all of this stuff is just playing out. And so we need to know that that's where we are. I've just been rambling here. Oh, it's good. We have some time. We have six minutes. What say you? No, it's that's so good. I, uh, as 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 I've read through just the booklet of Thesaurus and and what you've written about that, 
you know, you talk about people just wanting the fascination of 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 these, you know, angels or heaven or whatever it is. I mean, my heart is constantly like in that place of pulling the function out. So, what does this mean for us? Mm-hmm. What does this mean? How does this speak into our identity and our positioning and our function? And 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 that's what it's about. And so if you write about heaven, it's not to write about something just to say, look what I've seen. Look what a great seer I am. Let me describe this for you. It's about, let me, let me describe what God has shown and how it, how it relates to our identity, our positioning and our function. And, and that, that is, that's really powerful. I mean, that has helped me so much over the years but just a deeper revelation of it is is it's incredible it really is so when you read this i want i mean i just want to encourage you when you do get this i guess augmented booklet or book whatever it's going to be read it from that perspective and glean your purpose and glean the importance of it god's not just showing us just so that we can say we saw mm-hmm. he's showing us so that we're encouraged and that we're empowered and that we can apply. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this is, to me, this is the oracle. David talked about lifting up his hands to the oracle to know what God would say. I do think that it needs to be clarified, um, Kronos, Oracle, Thesaurus. And, And I have read the booklet, and maybe you did that forgive me for not remembering but um that could be a point of confusion yeah for people well i think you know i'm not forecasting this but maybe i am as i was praying yesterday i felt that god is really going to be focusing a lot more now on the area of paradise in the trees and I know there have been words that people have said over the past year. God always gives rumblings and tremblers, but something is being activated because um, the the fruits and the trees for the healing of the nations and um, all the things that go on there with the river of life and, you know, all along that area in paradise, there are there are places where people who've interceded on earth almost have, I don't want to call them outposts, but there are places where the great cloud of witnesses function <coughs> on behalf of that being visited on the earth. And one of the ones that we see a lot is where the Apostle Paul is. Now, we, we're not necromancers. We're not talking to these people. I'm just saying to observe that, you can see it. And so God is bringing that efficacy, and you read about it in the book of Revelation. That is what's coming next in a big-time way. And so, um, but the, the beauty of it is that the thesaurus looks out over the sea of glass. It, it is in constant, it's right and left. It's, it's the, the bastion of God's wisdom and understanding and it corresponds to the, what's going on in the temple, and it's directed by the throne. But to if you're going to come up out of paradise to where the to where the hill of the Lord is, you got to go past that thesaurus. It's just the only road. There aren't any neighborhood streets. I mean, that's <laughs> where you go. And really, when people enter into heaven, when they die, the area that opens up. Where you, where you cross over from this life into the next, the first thing you see is the thesaurus. You can go off to the right where the throne is, or you usually most people go down into the paradise area, and that's where they fellowship and they they're known as they're known. But this this eternally this business of being scribes in the thesaurus is is I really believe is a mission that we were given. Communication center, that's what we are. We are functioning there. We are stewards of the mysteries. We are we are Paul said, 
you need to be ministering in the oracle. You, 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 you're wanting to go back to milk, but you need to be, you need to be ministering in the oracle. Even Peter said, if anybody is teaching or speaking, they need to be speaking as the oracles of God. Man, hasn't the church disintegrated from that place? So in so many ways, what we as pneumaticos individuals are doing is pioneering by the grace of God that kind of assignment. And um, I, I'm seeing that more and more. So anyway, be faithful to pray. We're out of time. Any further thing you want to say? No, just be faithful to pray. Yeah. And yeah, Amen. Stay well, stay healthy. Yeah, we declare the blood of Jesus yes. over all of you. Do it every day. Over your household, over your over your life, and this noisome pestilence passes over you. God bless you all. Adios amigos.